Hello everybody, this is Lawrence Ross from the LRWS on RazRadioLive.com. Currently out in California, Blind James from RadioIO.com is in desperate need of a brand new kidney. Save a person's life. On behalf of everybody on the network, I encourage you to please go to GoFundMe.com forward slash XE6PJ38. Click on that link and donate money to save a person's life. Donate as much as you can. I think we should all donate. Every contribution helps. Helps. I appreciate all of Raz Radio Live's help and our I.O. fam. Please give so we can give James a brand new lease on life. Where the rich show face in the air is something sleazy Suit and ties get away from their wives, the women easy An upscale atmosphere with some wallow Consumed by material life inside the hollow Like the chick at the bar smoking on a cigar quick Her heart pumps fast as staring sharp as guitar picks She sees a man with another skirt The type to triple her net worth for making your neck jerk And that's a goddamn shame Cause she was packing a nine and a crime was no game So I'm ducking to a restroom Followed suit and licked shots as the bass went boom. She can't remember how she got in this place. Took a look in the mirror but didn't recognize her own face. When I'm singing, my heart's bleeding. More like love at first sight Around midnight We might just see a bar fight It never fails Now that Mickey's out of jail He was Jimmy's friend The one that left the phony paper trail Kirby got cold feet So we got off the street But he was in too deep The man was never the same And now his new thing looks like Alcohol and cocaine And in the streets that's fresh But up in here this place It's nothing but stress Can a man be changed? In an insane world The crazy man becomes king Or is it just this place That's known to steal your soul I hope you brought your suitcase Or was it just too late To go back in time Before his chick blue face When I'm singing My heart's bleeding For someone else So what I'm seeing I'm leaving Up on the shelf When I'm
The smartest, most handsome on-air personalities. Price of liberty is, is ugly. It's not, it's not very pretty. You're not very pretty. We don't talk about religion. So uh, we're actually God's chosen people. So they are yeah, the chosen ones. I know this. One, I think yeah. the Christians think that you killed their Savior. And we're always respectful to women. When they invent the perfect artificial vagina, you broads are out of business. Lobster dinners, the diamond market, it's all going belly up. <laughs> and smart, well-informed callers. Buzzy, where are you? you sound like you're Creole or some shit. Where do you crawl out of Baton Rouge? What's what the fuck, son? I'm from Iowa. Hey, you better watch your mouth now talk about Iowa like that. I'll slap the donkey like you. That's the Joe Show, Thursday, 6 to 9, on Raz Radio Live, Salty Talk Radio, and PopRock80s.com. Lay in the streets of 
Guys, it is what is it? It is Tuesday, September 15th. You are listening to the first 52 on RazRadioLive.com and RadioFreeBlood.com. <sighs> what a long weekend, man! I gotta tell you, the trolls were out. The trolls were out this week. <laughs> so much fun it was dealing with those lovely trolls as 9/11 came and went. And of course, they didn't go away very easily. There was a lot of fighting to be done with them, but that's okay. <laughs> I love playing with trolls. Sometimes it can be a little bit of fun. you got to admit that. Well, I hope everybody, as I always said, had a great week. Uh, you know, September 11th, when we get to that Remembrance Day, everybody chooses to remember things in their own little way. You know, it's how you feel you want to remember something. It's all about you. How, how does it make you feel the best? to handle that situation what's your way of coping with that situation and that's what people tend to forget you know as we as we go through 9-11 and the 9-12 and we 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 focus on what all of it matters to us we forget how other people want to cope with it some people get angry some people don't want to hear what us 9-11 truthers have to talk about some of us 9-11 people just want to just completely scream from the mountaintops about how they feel about it then there's people that don't want to talk about it at all. Don't want to watch a documentary or, or remember the the people falling or watch the reading of the names or however they're... Uh, to be honest, I used to really pay attention to how they, they memorialized it, but now I haven't, I haven't been paying that much how mainstream memorializes it. And, you know, as you get into these, <clears throat> into these debates with people... You know, we have our beliefs, and they have their beliefs, right? That, that, that's how they, they try to push it, how they try to say it. But what a lot of them forget, not all of us 9-11 truthers have been that way forever. I actually researched the other side very strongly. 
that's where I was. I believed the official story up until about 2009. So when these guys come to me saying, Oh, you just believe one side. Oh, you fool. Oh, yes, you just believe one side. You don't research anything else. No. I spent the first eight years after 9-11 researching the official story. I spent the first eight years after 9-11 believing what the government told me. So you can't argue to me that I don't know both sides of the story. Because I was just as ignorant as they are at one point in time. I hated people like me just as they do at one point in time. So I always get a big laugh when, when we get to this point of the year and, and everybody wants to talk about how you just believe one sight. You're just one-sighted. You just hear what they say and that's all you believe. <laughs> it, just, it, it really makes me laugh because that's not who I am. I haven't been the conspiracy guy for 20-plus years. You can't throw that argument at me. I did research the other side. I read every single book that you could imagine that supported the official story. You go through my house. I have a collection of every magazine put out throughout that period of time, every book published about 9-11 through that period of time, 2002, 2003, 2004, my house is full of research material supporting the government's story, as well as full of research material supporting the truther community story. Now, I never claim to know 100% what happened on 9-11. I know there's a lot of questions I have and that other people have expressed, even questions that when I believe the official story that I still had, I was like, man, I, I remember going, man, that... That looked like controlled demolition. How could that come down like that? It doesn't fall down like that. But but that's what they told me. That's that's what they say it does. So I believed them. And I went with the official story. And I followed that official story for eight years. I'm sure a lot of people out there listening right now are the same way. They didn't believe the conspiracy theories right away. You know, maybe it took time. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe it was oh eight, oh nine. Maybe you just woke up last year. I don't mean wake up. I, I know my wife hates that term. Maybe you just um, were enlightened to the truth of what's going on around us just last year, or maybe two years ago. It is. It, it's a hard thing to really absorb completely. I still find times where. I can't believe that this is what I believe. Because I was so against it at one point in time. To to sit down now and go, man, this is what I believe now. This is really what I am. It's hard not to, though. Once you once you really dig in and, and when you know the other things, when you see the, the other side of the story, where these people accusing me of not paying attention to both sides, which I have done, they don't pay attention to both sides. They won't look at new documentaries or new facts or new evidence or new questions. They don't want to see that. They, they, they just, no, I don't know, thank you. It's just the same things. Even though it's new information's coming out. You know, as I sit and think about it, and I hate to preach to the choir because I know you guys, not all, you, not all of you listening right now 
are you know on the right track with this, but a lot of you are. Uh, shit, I lost my <laughs> lost my train of thought. I forgot right where I was going there for a second. It, it's just uh, it, it's something that we really need to allow people to make their own decisions, and I, I, I firmly believe that. I don't try to ram anything down people's throats. I do my radio show because I enjoy it. I like doing this. Oh, speaking of, we have Scott Ricker joining us in about 15 minutes. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, We're going to discuss Russia and Syria and the U.S. and Israel and what that all means. That'll be interesting. I I had to get this 9-11 thing out because it bothers me when, when you go through that whole debate and argument with people. And they accuse you of that. So I just... That really bothered me. And I, I appreciate... And what I do is not for for glory for me. is not for attention for me. I do it because I, I want answers. I want the family members to know how and why their family members died. I, I really want to honor those people dead. And not with a lie. <laughs> yes, Buzzy, I see you. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna move on because I we're gonna get into Russia and Syria and 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 China and Israel and and how all this ties together over in the Middle East. And uh, well, that kind of ties into nine eleven too. Let's not forget that. Let's not forget that that everything we see today all goes back to that day. Ninety-five percent of what we see today relates to nine eleven. It came from nine eleven, so without that that act, we wouldn't have a lot of the laws we have, a lot of the issues we have to deal with. We wouldn't have the growing police state as we see it. We wouldn't have the surveillance community as we see it. You would be able to get on an airplane without somebody trying to grab your nuts. So nine eleven is important. 9-11 is a very important thing because if we have the truth whether it be what whether it be what I believe or whether it be what you believe to finally answer all the questions stop hiding all the information the 28 pages that, that people believe is going to relate to Saudi Arabia which is a country that we've been giving money to for years billions of dollars so if Saudi Arabia was responsible for supplying money to the terrorists on 9-11, where'd they get the money to supply it to the terrorists? Why is that such a, a thing of nat- national security that we can't see those 28 pages? Why can't we see one of the 80 to 100 videotapes that surrounded the Pentagon on 9-11 that shows apparently, allegedly, a plane hitting the Pentagon because of national security? Hate to tell you, Buzzy, but if that was a national security worry of showing those tapes because they're afraid somebody might figure out how to fly a plane into the Pentagon, it's already happened. So how is that a national security risk? Why can't we see these tapes? Those are all questions that, again if we had the answers to. 
and we could point to the actual bad guy of that day. Finally, narrow it down to whoever that group really was to allow these things to happen. Our world would be completely different. A lot of these laws would have to go away because they're useless. They're not trying to catch terrorists when the terrorists were living in our borders, maybe working within our government. Do you understand the freedoms that will be returned if this information ever comes out that what I believe is real and truthful? Or even JFK. Think about all the things that happened because he was assassinated. And throughout history, people who have brought political issues, moral issues, racist racist issues to the forefront has always been comedians. Those are the people that, uh, not always, well, majority time, yeah. You know, George Carlin, Bill Hicks, uh, uh, Bill Barr. I've gotten into him recently. I watched, spent the weekend watching a couple of his comedy shows. To me, he's kind of coming off as a George Carlin. You know, I really liked his, his uh, comedy show. And that's part of a comedian's job is to push the envelope, to make people upset, to put people in a, in a, a realm of question and worry. Well, recently, uh, we all know that, uh, who was it, uh, Jerry Seinfeld and a couple other big-time comedians had said, you know what, we're not, we're, we're not going to play at colleges anymore because we're not going to play this PC bullshit game. Which I, I support that. We shouldn't. You shouldn't have to change for the times, shall we say. And you'll see why that's relevant. So what is, uh, what's this, this girl, uh, Silverman? Well, what does she have to say about changing with the times and, and comedy? How many celebrities in the Boston Comedy Club? Do you ever think about your life if you had stayed in school? Um, no, no, I haven't no. thought about that. It was a really good move. I, you know, but then as a comedian, I, I started doing colleges, mm -hmm. and then I would go, oh my god, I would have loved this. You know, big grassy campuses yeah. and this like m microcosm of a working world. And but, well, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to ask you about that a little bit later. But I'm just going to go into it now since you brought up colleges. I have been fascinated by uh, this Bill Maher that I saw talking about With how the woman who wrote that piece on the Atlantic? Yes. With the woman, exactly, about how colleges have become this basically extended country club for four years, and the kids are curating their own experience, and how it's just normally been where comedians have gone to kind of, you know, test their material, or there's always the most receptive audience, and now comedians really are just like, no, thank you. Um, there's a lot of gray matter for me in this I, because I didn't agree with everything they were saying. I, well, I watched that episode. To a degree, um, everyone's going to be offended by something, so you can't you can't just decide on your material based on not offending anyone. But I do think it's important as a comedian, as as a human, to change with the times to to change with new information I don't think there's anything wrong with changing with the times I think it's a sign of being old when you are put off by that I caught myself a few years ago fighting gay 
I say gay. Like, that's so gay. I just say gay. I have gay friends. I don't mean it like gay. I mean it like it's gay. Like, it's lame. And then I stopped myself and said, what am I fighting? I am. I have become the guy from 50 years ago who said, I say colored. I have colored friends. It's not hard to change with the mm -hmm. times. And I think it's important. And when you have new information and you become more aware of the world around you, you can change. I don't say that things are gay anymore if I think they're lame. I don't even think about it. It didn't take long to mm -hmm. get used to it. And to that effect, I think you have to listen to the, the college-aged because um, they lead the revolution. They're, they're pretty much always on the right side of history. Um, the thing that bums me out about colleges sometimes is that it's a sea of iPhones and because comedy is something where you want to, you're yeah. connecting, it's a bummer because you're you're just you just end up saying your jokes to a, a a sea of empty vessels through which Facebook expresses itself. How about this memory card? Yeah, you know you can Google images me, paste yeah. yourself in. It's what does it mean? So yeah, is the college uh, is this next college generation on the right side of history? You know, I would say more of the ones not going to college might be the ones on the right side of history. And this PC bullshit is, is exactly that. I mean, why why do you have to change with the times? Well, listen, I'm not saying run around saying, you know, nah, 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 uh, to every black person you see, or even the colored comment, you know. It was a term that people used. And some people, as they grow old, are going to keep saying the same things. I still say cool beans every once in a while. That's not really a cool thing to say. I don't say it much. But every once in a while, it kind of slips out. That's because that's what I grew up. Uh, I'm sure other people out there do the same thing. They say, uh, you know, they say something uh, that they uh, <clears throat> don't realize that they're saying. And they don't do it to to be mean. They don't do it because they don't like people. It's just uh, the way it goes down and how they do it and how they say it, you know? I'm sorry, I'm looking at something here because I noticed I'm missing a signal at the uh, the other broadcast there, so I don't know if it's getting anything. I'm wondering what happened up there. Huh? Now it's starting to get it again. It wants to just been a, a little delay. You know, when you work with antiquated computer equipment, it makes it hard sometimes. So I apologize, uh, Bloodside, there, if I lost you. I couldn't tell. Anyway, we have Scott Ricker joining us soon, and we will get into some very serious discussion of, uh, you know, what's what and what's going on. I don't want to get into too much police stuff tonight. Um, you know, that's... How do we handle that situation? We keep beating it and beating it beating it. I do want to say... Uh, what are we at? 25 officers have been killed so far this year. Another one Sunday night. I, I feel for that officer. Fortunately enough, they found and killed that individual that shot and killed him. So good for them. Uh, would have been nice for him to be captured and tried. And it, it, But based on reading the story, he probably got what he deserved. So we are down 20% from last year. In police officers involved in shootings at 25. So being 20% down, that's pretty good. That's a good thing. Unfortunately, uh, auto accidents and other are up, but we're still overall down in the, in the loss of law enforcement officers this year. Great. It's a 40-year low, actually. That's a good thing. 
But as I let me let me hit refresh here to make sure you know no new stories have come in. As we go go to killed by police, and I think every oh look at that I refreshed it from a half hour ago, and there's another story added. Eight hundred and forty civilians, some bad guys that deserve to die. I'm not arguing that. Some uh, maybe weren't so bad and didn't deserve to die. But eight hundred and forty. American citizens, or just civilians. Let's not, let's not even say American citizens, because I'm sure it's just some guys on vacation, possibly, from other countries that have uh, been caught up in this 840 people. That's an issue. There was an article that came out today talking about how the U.S. has dropped to 16th on the economic freedom list behind Canada, Chile, um, what other countries here? I'm trying to let me get scan to where they, they talk about all the countries we are now behind. Uh, economic freedom breeds prosperity, and ec- economic free countries like Canada offer the highest quality of life, while the lowest ranked countries are usually uh, burdened by oppressive regimes that limit the freedom and opportunities of their citizens. That was the final paragraph there. I'm trying to find the. I, I just had to read that one. All right, the top 10 Hong Kong, Singapore, New Zealand. Switzerland, United Arab Emirates, uh, Mauritius, which I can't even say that, Jordan, Ireland, Canada, with the United Kingdom and Chile tied at number 10. We are below all those countries in economic freedom. We are below multiple countries in just happiness. But we are number one in something. Does anybody out there have a guess at what we might be number one in here in America? It's probably not going to be something you're going to be proud of being number one in. Welcome to the land of number one in prison population. Look at my crayon. Hold on. What am I supposed to say? What am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> What's your name again? John Ray. Four Toad and Lexi. Oh, I meant to Four Toad. Sure. Oh, or no. Dave. Dave. <laughs> Hey, it's always great to be on the first 52 with Sean Raz for Toad and Lexi. You know, I don't, that's not like shit. What am I, give me a script here. Come on, I can't do this. You're putting me on, under pressure. Bob, don't worry about it here. And uh, Dr. Bob. Dr. Bob, yeah. Dr. Bob Tuscan. It's Bob Tuscan, and you're listening to the first 52 on Raz Radio with my buddies Sean Raz and Lexi Raz and that guy for Toad. Special assignment report. An unessential elite presidential retreat, confidential, discreet, monumental. 
deceit They're not gentle asleep Moving mental defeat Once you enter your seat Well now you're in for a treat The cremation of care To the creation of fear This location is where The vacation each year My frustration I swear is for the whole nation to hear My donation to your ears World domination is near Listen Wealthy and well placed Are these snake-eyed hawks Unhealthy and pale-faced At the lakeside talks I'll come to warn you They cover their heads with hoods And dance around naked In California's redwoods A gentleman's club Equipped with good drinks And table shows Hat legs rolled up Foot winks and cable toes Mock sacrifices to mullet Alcoholics frolic Political false prophets Come to pickpocket your wallet Who? Tell me who? Tell me who? 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 Tell me who? Tell me who? 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 Tell me who? Tell me, tell me, tell me who? 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 Tell me who? Tell me, tell me, tell me who? 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 Tell me who? Tell me who? 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 Tell me who? Tell me who? 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 Tell me who? Tell me, tell me, tell me who? 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 Tell me who? Tell me, tell me, tell me who? Jerome's membership grows by 15. Evidence the could bury presidents if seen. There'll be more than regrets if one of their secrets gets told. There will be more than threats as the last cigarette gets rolled. You must have plenty of money to enter the windowless tomb. 322, not many have been through this room. Trust me, the order of death amounts to more than Masons. Trilateral Commission Council on Foreign Relations. Listen, comes to paint the portrait of a picture scary. It's like a eugenics project, the way they intermarry. Scriptures vary, but many say that it's just a mirage. Made the money off the slave trade and espionage. As the paparazzi, Father George. His pops was a Nazi Clear the smoke and you'll find old folks cloaked in Versace Watch me expose those that chose a lousy copy Of a German fraternity financed by the drowsy poppy Who? Tell me 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 who? Secret society What's up, Reds Radio fam? It's your man, Wayne, in Baltimore, and I'm doing my thing live on Saturdays from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time when I bring you the chocolate drop on RedsRadioLive.com. Join us as we play music, talk sports, politics, and whatever's going on in the news, and um, chances are you might learn something. Chances are you won't. So join me and Joe from Maine on Saturdays from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on RedsRadioLive.com. Oh, and by the way, no devil music. Right, hydrate your workplace, sort of like PDO. 
face of humanity for all the insanity that they cause on the planet. They be convicted of sins on the death. They get unquenchable fire till it's nothing left. Revenge is the lord of the universes. In the battle between good and evil, righteousness goes the furthest. That's why wicked men worry and spend trillions to hurt us. Committing hundreds of millions of murders. Things can't go further. Over time, the whip to hurt up. Or it's sheep to the slaughter. Victims of the new world order. Depopulation plan to spread death through the land by bioengineering viruses and spraying the chemtrails. Wars on false premises and the wreckage they entail. Little do they know it's destiny that they fail. Cause at every turn, it's always the truth that prevails. Defeat away some despite all they truths and they jail. This is Lawrence Ross from the LRWS on RazRadioLive.com. Currently out in California, Blind James from RadioIO.com is in desperate need of a brand new kidney. Save a person's life. On behalf of everybody on the network, I encourage you to please go to GoFundMe.com forward slash XE6PJ38. Click on that link and donate money to save a person's life. Donate as much as you can. I think we should all donate. Every contribution helps. Hey guys, it's Popeye from FederalJack.com. You're listening to the first 52 where you can hear the inmates run the insane asylum. All right, guys, welcome back to the first 52 on RamsRadioLive.com and RadioFreeBlood.com. Uh, don't forget, I, I believe it's uh, Monday, the three days from now, the 18th. Jack will be back. I know you all are waiting for that, so make sure you tune in. Uh, it'll be there on Radio Free Blood and, of course, simulcast it on uh, Raz Radio Live. 
we kind of work together, Jack and I. We, we like to do that. Good guy. I've, I've loved everything I've, I've learned from him. I've loved all the work I've done with him. And I look forward to doing more work with him and everybody else involved with, with him. So with that said... You know, as we go into the uh, second half of the show here, or the you know the second 30 minutes of it, or actually with Scott, it never ends. Um, I'm sure you all, the uh, Radio Free Blood side of him, the Raz Radio side, you've heard him multiple times. Scott Rickard, uh, I, and I always call him Rickards, which is because I went to school with a Rickards, uh, a, a Scott Rickards, actually. So that's why when I have him on, a lot of times you'll hear me like mistake and say Rickards. And my wife pointed out to me, I went, man, i got to stop doing that. So I don't really need to go into like a big uh, dissertation of who he is. I think most of you guys out there know who he is. Scott, how you doing, brother? Hey, thanks for having me again, Sean. Oh, I always love having you come on, man. It's so much fun. And the most exciting part is that in, uh, what, four days or so, we're actually going to meet face-to-face and shake hands for the first time? That's going to be exciting. I imagine you putting together a pretty good crowd of people. Oh, it's going to be a blast. You're going to be uh, totally blown away with the weekend you're about to experience. Um, hopefully, we don't uh, damage you too much. Uh, we really will try not to, but it, it's going to be a good time. Well, I hope uh, hope you've got some uh, some pretty good uh, pretty good protection because uh, you're pretty close to a bunch of other houses there, and I imagine with the crowd you're putting together, it's not going to be quiet. <laughs> Yeah, well, the place is uh, it's it's rented out. I, I know you said you were checking it out on uh, Google Earth. There, uh, it's rented out to weddings and and things like that. They actually hold the weddings right there, so I'm not I'm not too worried about the noise uh, levels. Plus, it's Clearwater Beach, which is kind of a party town, from what I understand. Uh, so it should be a, a really good time. All those listening, we do every year. We do what we call Raz Fest, and it's just a, a gathering of a bunch of like-minded uh, people that do radio. Um, that do uh, terrestrial radio, do uh, internet radio, who just want to have fun. And, and the group we have are very uh, uh, far and different. You know, it's, it's a, a wonderful group of people, and I think you're going to enjoy who you're going to meet. But anyway. Looking forward to it. Yeah, to the serious stuff now. Um, you know, Scott, every time I have you on, we kind of, I bring you on as like my foreign guy, somebody who can, who can help me understand what's going on in the foreign side of things because it's hard to track that stuff it's really hard to follow it uh, the obvious things that stand out benghazi um uh, different events like that that really stand out that have a point which i don't know if you heard when uh, um andrew napolitano came out and talked about how in his beliefs uh stevens was assassinated using american weapons provided by hillary clinton and uh, that's what we were doing was providing weapons to those those rebels. Do you, do you agree with that statement? Well, absolutely. I mean, the uh, the arms dealing that uh, Stevens was involved in. You know, this is an ambassador who was you know working at, you know basically as a uh, coordinator of the um, the overthrow of, of of Gaddafi, as well as the uh, uh, the ongoing shipment of weapons. You know, going from the U.S. to Qatar, Qatar to Libya, and then eventually uh, um, Libya to Syria. And, you know, we know the mess that was going on with that. Uh, there's been a tremendous amount of, uh, um, you know, just death and destruction and decimation of those two countries. Libya and, and Syria are probably the two um, most uh, destroyed countries outside of maybe Iraq. Uh, and now, um, unfortunately, uh, Yemen is, uh, is the next uh, recipient of, of American weapons being dropped on it by a proxy uh, a neighbor. 
Well, Scott, you know we had to go to Iraq. They were so involved in 9-11. I mean, they orchestrated everything. Most of the people that attacked us on 9-11 were citizens of Iraq. So we had to go to war with Iraq, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, certainly not going to go to war with Saudi Arabia. They've been uh, too good at uh, at feeding the uh, the petroleum uh, uh, petrodollar for us since the 70s. So. And, and nobody uh, matter. It doesn't matter that 16 of the 19 hijackers were, I think it was 16 of the 19 were, were Saudis. That doesn't yeah. matter. That no, uh, that, that certainly didn't matter to anybody else but uh, but you and I. Apparently. Don't worry about the 28 pages that, that have been redacted that we haven't seen yet. Oh, hey, possibly I got a good story us. on the 28 pages. Oh, what'd you hear? What, oh, so, you, you, wait, so, is this this conference you were at this past week? Yeah. Oh, I was, yeah. Uh, so I love Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C., uh, uh, it merits the uh, the opportunity to go to things that we would never be able to see in our, in our little shacks around the country. And uh, and we you know the, the the wonderful opportunity I had I get to uh, sit down and meet with all the directors of all the intelligence agencies and uh, listen to their plenary and and fortunately I got to go up and uh, and meet some of them afterwards uh, I was very prepared to uh, uh, deliver a uh, a uh, a fist uh, um, a fist sandwich to uh, uh, Michael Chertoff but unfortunately oh. he agreed with me. So uh wait so, he agreed with you. Yeah, I was surprised. I was shocked that he agreed with me. But he I told him that he misled the audience. I said it's unfair of you to mislead these uh you know the intelligence community that's attending here. I said you have CIA agents, you have FBI agents, you have everybody that's uh in the community that you have an opportunity to be speak freely and uh and be honest with and you know here you've you've misled them about these uh these Syrian refugees and I went into excruciating detail about how we had a huge hand in that. And he never said no. <laughs> well, I, you know, so he actually said, "I agree with you." He made a lot of money thanks to nine eleven and body scanners and all that. So absolutely, absolutely. let's not forget he, that part of that that earning. He is, he is the uh, what's the name of those body scanners in the air? Uh, air I I can't remember the the, um, the the name of the scanners, but absolutely, he's uh, he's one of that mandated that across the uh, across the United States, right? Which he already had a contract in the works well before then, and that's a whole other story we could get he's into. A, he's a very small, uh, very uh, un uh, unprovoking individual. Um, he he's he's he almost looks like uh, you know Skeletor or perhaps uh, um, you know the guy from uh, um, what was that uh, um, that movie with the uh, the ghost that where they they made that home. Where, where the preacher was uh, underground under the pool. Um, uh, uh, Beetlejuice? No, no. shoot. Uh, it was uh, it was uh, one of preacher one of the. the uh, they were building a house and they were building a pool in the backyard and oh. all, all the ghosts came up through the little girl on the TV. Uh, and Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Thank you. He looks like the preacher from Poltergeist as well. So. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a yeah. scary looking. But you ever notice that the these people, the old man, these people in power always have that scary look to them. Like they're 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 just scary looking. Like it's it's just their look. All these people that grow and get big in power, uh, and they don't have to be small and tiny like. Like that. I mean, look at Dick Cheney. You know, look at Donald Rumsfeld. They, they don't. They don't look like the pleasant grandpa type. Dick person. Cheney's more than Napoleon type. I would. Uh, I would give uh, this guy. Uh, I, I'll have to give the Benedict Arnold uh, title to uh, Chertoff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people have called me Benedict. When you meet me, I'm a short little guy, man. I'm really. Oh you know. no, 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 no! But but you don't have you don't have the traitorous, uh, treasonous uh, um, uh, um, uh, opportunity. Uh, you don't that you don't have that 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 bone in you. No, I don't. You're right. Absolutely not. Now, you you had mentioned um, how we're responsible for this refugee crisis. Now, before you and I talk about it, I got a. Uh, have you seen uh, Ben Swan's piece? The reality check he just did recently. Oh, yeah, I love Ben Swan. I, you know, it's good to have reporters like him 
out there. He's he's doing a great job. Yeah, absolutely. Andrew, yes. Andrew Carter is uh, one of the guys that's working with him. Uh, really good guy. Uh, was was pretty uh, pretty tight on the Ron Paul uh, chain gang when uh, Ron was running in 2011, 2012. You know, I saw somebody post today, not to go off topic real fast, but I want to talk about this because I thought it was a great post. Um, somebody had posted that, could you imagine if all of us that supported Ron Paul would have put all that money towards making the change we wanted to see instead of trying to put it into electing Ron Paul, maybe we'd actually be somewhere now. Well, let's let's be clear about this. Now, Ron Paul raised about maybe ten million or so. I mean, that wasn't it wasn't a huge amount of money that we put into Ron Paul because Ron Paul didn't have the uh, the corporate and the banking and the military industrial complex guys behind him. He only had individuals like you and I. Right. And and let's let's let let's be clear about Ron. Ron's uh, um, he's he says the right things, but so did Obama, and so did other people. And so and does I, Trump. And and, and, and and well, I don't wouldn't say he says the right <laughs> things. That's pretty funny. But uh, yeah, so is Palin. Then for God's sakes. <laughs> but uh, but at the end of the day, when Ron Paul was saying some of the right things, you know, I have to admit, you know, I I, I was listening. I thought maybe there's some legitimacy here, but he turns out to be more like flypaper for the uh, Republican Party. And uh, unfortunately, you know, he does. I do like the Ron Paul Institute. I do like a lot of the people that uh, represent that uh, that particular organization, and I do like a lot of the uh, commentary as well as uh, uh, publications that come out of the Ron Paul Institute. Individuals, however, Ron Paul, you know, this, we're talking about a Texan who was a congressman for you know uh, a few, almost almost three decades, right? Right, uh, and uh, a religious and man, religious man, you know, uh, and and supportive of. You know, uh, some some initiatives that uh, did make him look like he could be a extremely soft core Zionist, but uh, but at one point, you know, uh, very had some pro Israel uh, uh, tendencies. Yeah, and you at, see that with his son too. Oh, absolutely, his son. It says it, those aren't tendencies; those are those are those are uh, reflex. <laughs> those are involuntary reflexes or voluntary <laughs> reflexes. Uh, it's amazing. No, he's, he's not his father, absolutely not. But the one thing that Ron Paul did do that you know any politician, uh, you know, in his uh, um, in, in, with his uh, um, influence, he did actually act like flypaper for the Republican Party because he was filling stadiums at colleges with people who were not were not Democrats. These were people that were looking for something different. You know, unfortunately, people looking for something different only have to look at uh, um, Donald Trump right now. Uh, that's what I was about to ask yeah. you. Is that Trump's game right now? Because I honestly think right now that Trump is there to keep the heat off of, of Bush and mm-hmm. keep the keep the distractions away from the the, the, the two Before people. Before they put Bush and Rubio on the ticket, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, probably right. Probably. Trump's like that barf bag on an aircraft, just in case you need it. <laughs> Well, see, I grew up in South Jersey, right, you know, about about a half hour, 45 minutes outside Atlantic City. So oh, nice. I actually worked for Bally's Park Place, so I spent a lot of time around the casinos and that sure, whole region. Sure. So you know he's connected to, to the Jewish Mafia. Yeah, you I know. Chick- I, I can show you some really cool things about the Trump Foundation, how there's some uh, very high-level individuals who uh, sit in Tel Aviv. So let's just be clear about Trump. Trump is uh, Trump is as close as you can get to the Red Mafia and run for president. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, man, because he's got so many connect. I mean, going back in the day, I mean, we're talking the eighties in Atlantic City and the stories you'd hear about him. I mean, being oh. uh, you only had two casino places back then. You had Arizona and Atlantic City. That was the only place to go gamble. Well, they they shut down Cuba. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, not for much longer, it doesn't seem. I guess, right? Uh, you know, they, they 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 can only hope. I mean, I, I think I think once uh, once Bugsy Siegel got his uh, got uh, got axed by uh, Meyer Lansky, uh, they uh, they decided that uh, um, you know Vegas Vegas was going to be uh, their, their 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 big their big place. Well, let's not forget that the Vegas mogul out there was part of the one of the people that helped fight against our medical marijuana here in Florida. You know, being Florida boys, both of us. Uh, uh-huh. I forget his name, but it, Adelson. Yes, yeah, that's yes, it. of course. Yeah, he was he was playing the uh, he was playing the right wing uh, um, uh, nut job uh, um, money. You know, Skeletor uh, here. We got yeah. Rick well, Scott Skeletor. Well, you know the guy in Florida. I don't know if I mentioned this on your show before, but he's out of Palm Beach. His name is Bill Diamond. He's the most powerful money bundler in. Uh, I've heard his in, name before in the state of Florida, uh, or actually probably in the country. Now he came out of New York. This is how powerful this guy is. He got Rudy Giuliani elected mayor of New York. That's like a square peg in a round hole. You know, a <laughs> Republican uh, mayor in a Democratic city? How the heck did he do that? Well, it's called M-O-N-E-Y. <laughs> so, yeah. He can and, do anything with money, man. Absolutely. So that, that's what he did. And now he's, uh, um, he's pretty well connected to the, uh, uh, the Republican uh, um, uh, oligarchs in, in Florida. He practically raised four hundred million dollars for the Romney campaign. So I'll tell you how powerful that guy is. When Adelson gives money, he's the, he's the guy who decides uh, how to deal it out. But it's so funny. He's here fighting uh, medical marijuana in the state of Florida, as he's in a state that's got me- uh, medical already. And I think there's probably a lot going on in his casinos that's really not up and up that uh, you know most people wouldn't like to see happening. Yeah, he's. He I'm just, sure there's no he, prostitutes in his casino, no drugs he's, in his casino. He just knows. He just knows how to not only how to butter his bread, but how to how to put the garlic on and make it really good with some cheese. So we starbursted really bad there. So let let's. <laughs> Sorry. Let, no, I do the same thing, man. I can starburst like that with in a whim of a second. Uh, let's let's spin back to because I want to get back into American politics maybe towards the end if if you don't mind sticking around till seven thirty, you know, seven forty five ish. You got me till you want me. Man. Oh, that's awesome. I appreciate that. Let's let's check out this re- reality check real fast with Ben Swan because I think he touches on a lot of things that we need to discuss tonight. Okay. The images are gut-wrenching. Hundreds of thousands of refugees from Syria and across the Middle East fleeing into Europe, being held in camps, suffocating to death in vans and trucks overloaded with refugees. Or the sight of 12 different children whose bodies have washed up on the shores of places like Turkey, where a three-year-old's body was found just days ago. It is a massive humanitarian crisis. So who's to blame for all this chaos? This is a reality check you won't see anywhere else. The images are making headlines all over the world, but pictures and video alone cannot do it justice. And neither can these numbers, but here are some for you. 19 million. Let's start there. 19 million people have been forced to leave their home countries in the Middle East and Africa because of war, persecution, and oppression. 42,500 more refugees join that group every day. The biggest driver of the crisis in Europe, which involves about 400,000 people so far, is Syria. Four million people, nearly a fifth of Syria's population, have fled the country since 2011. This cannot be solved just by receiving them. It has to be dealt with at source. At the moment, there are millions of Syrians who are displaced. There are refugee camps in Lebanon, in Jordan, in Turkey, receiving four to five million 
Syrians. And we're not going to receive four or five million Syrians. So the problem has to be dealt with at source. So let's deal with what's happening at the source, because what is the source of this crisis? Well, something most media won't say, but it started with the war in Iraq. The United States blew that country apart looking for weapons of mass destruction that did not exist. And after more than 10 years of war and then trying to unsuccessfully piece Iraq back together, after losing thousands of U.S. soldiers and over a trillion dollars and half a million Iraqis dead, we moved on. But what started under President Bush was continued under President Obama, who went on to create regime change in Libya through the killing of Muammar Gaddafi. Well, that move sent Libya into its current crisis. It also made Libya the door to Europe for refugees. And then we backed the Saudis in their attempt to overthrow Bashar al-Assad. While unsuccessful, we did manage to arm and train fighters with the Free Syrian Army, who would then later defect to al-Nusra Front and then to ISIS. And as for ISIS themselves, when that group suddenly emerged in Iraq, where do they get the power and the ability to rise so fast? Well, ISIS sees thousands of Humvees, armored vehicles and weapons that the United States military left in that country. After the war was over, and yes, we left behind $6 billion worth of weapons and equipment, much of it now in the hands of ISIS. So what you need to know is that today we are reaping a decade and a half of foreign policy consequences. Tens of millions of people have died or been displaced because of U.S. policies in the Middle East. Those people are not simply numbers. They are, in fact, people, children, women, and men, casualties of the so-called war on terror. And yet, over a decade and a half of war, drone strikes, thousands of lives lost, trillions of dollars spent. And consider this, today in the Middle East, Iraq, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Syria, Yemen, and much of Africa, Terror groups there are actually larger and more numerous than when the war on terror first began. That's Reality Check. Let's talk about that tonight on Twitter. So the source of all of this is the United States, Israel, Saudi Arabia, I would have to say then. Well, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you've also got Turkey. You've also got uh, the United Kingdom. You have France. Uh, you have the NATO partners, uh, obviously Jordan. I mean, so, you know, this uh, Ben Swan does a great job, you know, at, uh, um, at you know, really touching on the, uh, um, the actual uh, causes of this. What he doesn't do um, about... Uh, he didn't. He didn't link the uh, the growth of ISIS uh, correctly to the um, not only the funding, uh, uh, but the ar- and the arming and the logistics and the training and the embedded individuals. You know, coming from the intelligence communities outside of uh, the United States, uh, as you know, obviously the United States, but also England, also Israel. You know, this guy uh, Sotloff, uh, um, uh, Stephen Sotloff, the kid that. Uh, I uh, went to school in Miami, uh, uh, high school, and then went to UCF here in uh, uh, Florida. And then he goes to, you know, the IDC Herzliya in uh, um, uh, in Israel, which is basically the Quantico uh, for Israel, trains uh, their uh, Mossad agents uh, to go work in the field. And then, quote, unquote, he's a journalist. And his first jobs, you know, coming out of an Israeli uh, uh, training school are, you know, Sudan, Yemen, <laughs> Egypt, Syria. And, and then he gets beheaded or doesn't get beheaded, whatever happened to him in Syria. But yet he's, you know, this is a guy who is well-trained, you know, in a uh, um, in, in a Mossad, and he's a supposed journalist, and he wrote, you know, less than uh, half a dozen articles in two years. I could tell you he'd be fired as a journalist if he was actually a journalist. So, you know, the point is, is that 
there are people that are going and coming and learning and, and giving information back. They're under humanitarian aid uh, um, cover. They're under, uh, um, you know, cover as uh, quote unquote uh, uh, El Nusra. They're under cover as quote unquote uh, ISIS, uh, quote unquote Al Qaeda. I mean, there's probably 15 different um, uh, organizations that, that are working uh, in and out and around um, uh, Syria that have grown into what they're calling themselves as ISIS. Scott, what can you what can you relate historically that's been proven was a CIA Mossad uh, MI6 uh, operation uh, that that was in the past whether it be in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s that would resemble what we're seeing right now uh, with with ISIS and the developments in the Middle East. Well, I mean, it's morphed a lot in the last uh, 60 years. We can do a lot of different things. You know, throughout Africa, that's been going on. Uh, you know, Jesus Liberia is a great example uh, from the, uh, the 50s and the 60s. You know, the, uh, the Firestone family uh, runs pretty much all the rubber business there. We've put puppets in that uh, country. Certainly Operation Condor throughout South, uh, um, South America. All the South Americans really understand uh, that, the, uh, that the U.S. has been... Uh, you know, very instrumental in uh, putting puppets in place and overthrowing governments. The Iranians understand uh, these types of uh, proxy wars. Uh, we fought the longest conventional war against Iran with a proxy of uh, Saddam Hussein for eight years, mm-hmm. and uh, over you know half um, half a uh, um, I think it was somewhere around two hundred fifty to five hundred thousand Iranians and two hundred fifty to five hundred thousand uh, Iraqis lost their lives, and over uh, a half a trillion in each country. So a trillion dollars was lost in almost ten years in those two countries, and we were supplying everything that Saddam needed at the time. And even the, the oddly enough, the uh, uh, the the, uh, the Russians were on our side at some point uh, during that, as well as the Chinese. So I think what we need to uh, understand here is that. You know, thankfully, the Russians and the Chinese have kind of wisened up. I think it took Libya to do that. Uh, they realized that uh, um, that, that no-fly zone that they approved at the UN uh, was the uh, meant the fall of Libya, and they stood up against uh, the U.S. Uh, when it came to Syria, and that's the only reason that the U.S. has been fighting in such a way. And you know, I said about time uh, today when uh, apparently six tanks uh, rolled off uh, a ship into. Uh, into Syria, according to Western news, uh, and the Russians are finally saying, "Look, enough is enough. Leave uh, Assad alone. Oh, we're sick and tired of this. It's been going on three or four years now, and it's a proxy war that's absolutely uh, supported by the West and NATO and Israel, as well as Jordan. So these are, you know, and, and these refugees. How do you think they get into Greece and through Macedonia? They got to go through through Turkey. Turkey's a NATO partner." And so Turkey's Turkey's like you know this way to Europe. You know it's like they, they there's they're not it's not like Turkey's stopping them. In fact, Turkey's probably you know it's it's like turning a faucet on. You know, but, but if not for our support against the uh, rebels that are against the Assad regime, the, our initial support, we wouldn't have all these refugees. I think absolutely is, is the main we point that would. needs to be pointed out, and people need to understand. But the other That's, side of that argument that really is where I've been focusing on as I've been watching this go down is the fact that, you know, here in America, you watch Fox News, you watch CNN, you watch MSNBC, we must destroy ISIS, ISIS must be attacked, must be stopped, yada, yada, yada. And then the Russians come in and say, hey, we're going to come here and stop ISIS. 
and we go, well, well, wait, wait a second. Now you can't fly through here, and you know we really <laughs> don't want you doing this, and now you can't do that. So, right. so why don't we want to fight ISIS? Is it that we want to make sure our CIA agent, our CIA agents within ISIS aren't killed by the Russians? Yeah, absolutely right. We've got guys embedded with them. We have guys embedded with them for uh, 20 years. Um, Mahdi El Harati is a great example. He's uh, he's been. Uh, I usually uh, take his... notes and write these names down, but I'm not going to write that one down. Yeah, I'm sorry. Mahdi El Harati. Uh, we gave him eight hundred thousand dollars to run the ground forces. He's a 20 year veteran uh, with the uh, the CIA. He's a Libyan uh, national. Got his Irish uh, um, uh, citizenship. He's uh, married to an Irish woman. And he uh, he was he's been very instrumental not only in Syria but in Mali and Libya. He was even on the Mavi Mamara um, when it was uh, attacked by Israel. So there's there's absolutely no doubt uh, that there um, are individuals that are embedded that the U, uh, U.S. intelligence agency is worried about uh, a uh, um, you know a an adversary uh, against these uh, mercenaries that they put together uh, uh, taking out some individuals that are very useful to them. You know, you look at the selective nature of the attacks that the uh, the West has done on ISIS. You know, they're not taking out the entire forces. They've been attacking them for a year. Well, they're taking out the infrastructure of, of Syria. Really, is all they're taking out. That's all they've really done. Well, and they're also taking out the the uh, let's say the uncooperative or the uh, the villagers, the, uh, the individuals that uh, within quote unquote ISIS that aren't. Uh, um, you know, playing ball or, or, or playing in the right field uh, that they that they appear uh, that they want to make. You know, what's interesting is that uh, one of the conferences I went at the World Affairs Council uh, in Washington last week, uh, they gave us an opportunity to ask a question, and uh, they were talking about the, the Iran deal, and one individual was obviously for it, and the other one was obviously against it. So you had a Democrat against a Republican. Now the Republican guy was a uh, he's a Pentagon mouthpiece, and the interesting thing is that. But when I prefaced my question, I said, you know, thank you for opening these forums up to any individuals that want to come. I said, unfortunately, the U.S. media doesn't allow these kind of opposition talks like your radio show offers or Jack's show offers. We don't get this kind of opportunity to talk like this on television networks that, that are the, the, the what we call the mainstream media. Because obviously they're they're hitting a much broader audience. You know, some of these uh, some of these actual programs have six million viewers on some evenings. Well, that's such a huge number in a country of three hundred million. So you know, if if we could find, I did a show um, uh, out of London uh, with a with a uh, um, a group uh, called Pakistan Defense, and they spelled defense with a C. Uh, um, it's D E F. E N C E defense. <laughs> well, well, it's it's funny because I think it's just a I think it's just a um, a European or a, a foreign uh, um, misconception on how we would spell it here. So, but it it was interesting because he, the guy has like four or five million followers on his Facebook page, and it's like I've never heard of these guys. And I was like, who is Pakistan Defense? And so it turns out this guy Zane is uh, very popular. He's you know, he's out of London. He talks about a lot of uh, things like yourself, and but yet these worlds are not as uh, um, uh, let's see exposed as the uh, uh, Sam Donaldsons or the uh, uh, the individuals, the Katie Kirks of uh, you know the the, oh, the, yeah. the movie stars that they create for us. You know, or, or you know, if you're going back to the my distractions, days, they the David the David Brinkleys of my days. You know, <laughs> I'm that old. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're not that old. Come on, you're only like ten years older than me. Don't make. I'm already grandpa. Don't rush me anymore. Are I'm you even, really? Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, my awesome. my uh, 
My oldest son will be 21 in March. He gave me a grandbaby on in May. Very cool. So yeah, yeah it's been uh, it's been interesting. Cause it's made me think a lot about things. You know, you you really, especially well, after I met that. her. <laughs> <laughs> well, after I met her, it was like it, it it made me rethink a lot of things, and and it calmed me down, and and kind of. It just opens up something, you know. It's really weird. It just opens something up when you when you see that grandchild. That something you made just made something. That's cool, you know. That's and it it really touches you. And it it makes this all more important, though. Even it, it really yeah. does. I think I think you're doing a great job. I mean, reaching out and 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 touching more people and trying to get them to understand, uh, you know, the kinds of things like Ben Swan is trying to tell people and. Uh, you know he's doing a great job. You know you and Jack do a fantastic job at it, and I can see these uh, sort of alternative uh, um, news outlets providing a, uh, a you know a, sort of a, a base of of, of sensibility or, or reasonable thought. You know because I mean I had the I had the, the horrific opportunity of going to the West Lawn and hearing. Uh, these uh, these individuals that were trying to stop the Iran deal with uh, you know Glenn Beck and Ted Cruz for God's sakes and uh, Donald Trump and Sarah Palin and the Duck Dynasty grandfather and uh, oh my God it was this was the, I mean Mark Levin this was like sticking white hot needles in your eyes at a, at a Springer show you know it was it was just unreal it was just, it was it was horrifically uh, embarrassing. What is your thoughts on the Iran deal? Because hey, let me give you a quick rundown on my thoughts. First of all, okay, sure. In, in the 40s, uh, late 40s, mid-40s, when we went in there and changed the whole uh, way of life there, basically, we went in and re- removed the, their Ayatollah and empowered our own person uh, to get in that spot. You know, back then they were wearing bikinis and having fun. The, everybody seemed to be wanting to, to, to live the Western lifestyle. And the U.S. government goes in, changes it. Now all we see is the propaganda, of course, that the that that they want us to see is, you know, oh, death to America, we bomb you, we kill you, as the oh, people like are that. walking the streets wanting the same things that the citizens here in America want. So how do we break that issue of, of what people are seeing, other than us talking about it? I mean, obviously, that's why we're talking about it. It's a great question, and i got to tell you, there's, a, there's something that uh, um, I was looking at a piece of property, and this guy told me about this documentary. It's called The Lottery of Birth. And basically, the premise of the documentary is um, when we are born into a family, or as we grow up in our cultures, you know, there are things that are absolutely true to us. They're not true to somebody else, but they're absolutely true to us. It doesn't make them true, but they're absolutely true to us. And that's, that's what these people believe. I mean, I had the, uh, the, um, the opportunity to ask and to present information and to ask uh, Ted Cruz information as he was walking by. And all he had, his, his whole thing was, Iran is going to annihilate us. And I was like, okay, there he goes. Uh, go, move along. You know, uh, you know, you could pull a string on his back and he'd say the same thing over and over again. <laughs> it's like four or five terms that <laughs> yeah, always come out yeah. when you pull that string. And that's annihilating me. That's the fifth one every time. There you go. So, I mean, so that's the problem that you have is you have these individuals like him and the fact is, is that, you know, people don't really know. I mean, if you really knew what we've done to Iran since the 1870s, you know, they would be, they would be, have every reason to be punching us in the face. I mean, you know, in the 1870s, Reuters, the owner of Reuters uh, news networks, actually bought all the resources of Iran because we, well, not we, but the British Empire had a puppet in place. 
and that puppet sold everything the trees the the um the water the you know everything that uh, anything that was worth anything at the time and that's that was the beginning of uh the um uh the East India Trading Company's uh, uh oil assets in what eventually became uh, British Petroleum and it was uh, uh the actual um that these trading partners had put puppets in place in countries that would just sell the assets for nothing and sell them to very rich uh, um, oligarchs in the uh, um, in the imperialist nation like like England was at the time, which still continues today. What do you guys Absolutely. think is going on in Iraq and Afghanistan Absolutely. and the whole region there? So the Americans get involved uh, in the in the 1950s because the Iranians got fed up with it. Uh, they're uh, they're you know the here they here they come in and they. They tried to uh, um, put another puppet in place as the country, as you said, in the 1950s. It was becoming very modern. It was probably one of the most modern societies in uh, in the region at the time, and it was very, you know, very well to do. And the uh, um, they they kicked the British out. I mean, because they were look, look, we're tired of you putting puppets in place and trying to steal from us. And then they, you know, we stayed there, and as a proxy for the British, we ended up overthrowing their government and putting the Shah in place. And that guy ruled from the 53. For 26 years till 79, until the quote-unquote Islamic Revolution that we all know about, when they occupied our uh, our embassy. But you know, we're lucky they didn't execute everybody at the embassy because they absolutely deserved it. I mean, for God's sakes, you know, we put a really despotic guy in place. The Shah was uh, um, absolutely as bad, if not worse, than uh, Saddam Hussein, and at the same time. Uh, this guy, uh, you know, we were developing nuclear weapons with him. We were developing ballistic missiles with him. He had the largest air force in the and region. And they wonder where they get the uh, uranium from. They probably have it stockpiled back from those days that they're just producing it now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, these guys had everything going. And, and so they take over our embassy, and all you see are movies like Argo and Rosewater that paint them to be bad. They don't say, hey, oh, by the way, for the last hundred and, you know, since 1872, we've been, we've been kicking them in the face. And, and you know what? They haven't attacked us. They only had to defend themselves from Saddam Hussein for almost a decade. You know what I think sometimes people don't think about? Uh, and this is a great... Uh, I, I don't know where you, I heard this from, but yeah. the, the victors always write the history books. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you should have heard the guy, the, the Democrat guy that was behind the deal. He's with a uh, um, an arms uh, control uh, uh, institute that has some funding from some left-wing nut job. But uh, um, he basically was like, well, it is what it is. When I presented all this information about how we've been, you know, basically had our boot on Iran's face for the last hundred years, it is what it is. Oh, so, so that makes it a good deal that they have to bend over backwards to have a, a nuclear energy program? And for God's sakes, if they want to build a nuclear bomb, I think we should let them. At least it give them some sort of sense of security, for God's sake. Well, it's not like they wouldn't <laughs> be the only uh, 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 country in that region that doesn't that has a nuclear bomb. I mean, you got right. Israel, and, Saudi... Uh, Iraq. Well, Saudi doesn't have it yet, know. but Saudi wants it. Yeah, yeah. yeah see, Saudi doesn't have it yet. I thought they did. Yeah, they want it though. Well, they Israel think. apparently doesn't have it either. Or did they finally admit that? Oh yeah. Well, they just arrested a Venunu again uh, this week. Uh, he was the guy that blew the whistle on their uh, nuclear program several years ago, and he's he's not allowed to leave the country. He's kind of like uh, um, as close as uh, they can get to our Jonathan Pollard here. But uh, who, by the way, will be released in November? Uh, just so you know, he's uh, done his sentence. Uh, hopefully, he's not allowed to leave the country. Jonathan Pollard was the guy who uh, turned a bunch of uh, intelligence over to the um, the Israelis, and the Israelis gave him to the Russians. And we uh, about a hundred or so uh, American uh, undercover agents were executed. So, oh yeah, I remember that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's he's a. 
He's a uh, he's a real piece of work, and uh, he served his time. His, that was before uh, his... I was really awakened into what the, the what the craziness of the world was. I was talking about that earlier. You know, as nine eleven happened, all these people come attack people like us who talk about what we believe happened that day, or or to question what happened that day, and they're like, "Oh, well, you only think one side," and and I'm like, "Listen, dude, up until two thousand nine." I was, you know, Mr. Republican, go, you know, uh, uh, glass parking lot, the, all of Iraq. I, I get that. I get that every time I fill up for gas. As long as you mention anything, there's, 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 there's always that guy at the gas station who's ready to turn, turn, <laughs> turn the Middle East into a sheet of glass. Yeah, I used to be like that. You know, like yeah. I used to believe all that. I, I said in the beginning of the show, you know, I, I believe the official story. You are in the majority. Yeah, I really was at you, that time. It, it's still the majority, unfortunately. Well, I, I think we're getting closer. You know, somebody had posted uh, on September 11th, somebody had done a Google algorithm of uh, 9-11 truth searches. And, yeah. it, you know, it, show, it shows it dropping. And I honestly think it's dropping because when was the last time you really Googled 9-11 truth? You know, so many people know now it's not being Googled as much. As well... Before I, I, I tend to think um, so. I look at my own children as a uh, sort of a litmus test. Okay. Uh, my son uh, um, actually believes things he sees on Reddit, and we all know that Reddit, um, uh, much like Facebook and other platforms, these social networking community-based networks, these community-based networks are easily manipulated. You know, what does it take to get those thumbs up on Reddit? You know, at this at one point, it could just be a simple you know guy you know uh, writing a little script that like. Uh, changes and removes cookies and starts hitting thumbs. Right. You know, at another point, it could be the company. You, know, you can't trust the company. You don't know who's behind Reddit, right? Somebody at the company is like uh, making uh, cream rise to the top when it comes to news. So I asked my son a pretty simple question. I say, well, it was at the top of Reddit, right? And he goes, yeah. I said, well, what does that mean? He says, well, everybody liked it, so it goes to the top. I said, well, yeah, that's of course, but does it mean that that makes it true? And he goes, well, I don't know. And I said, well, who was the author of the article? And he goes, well, I don't know. I said, well, what website was it on? He says, well, I don't know. I said, so your cursory look has given you a, a headline view. A, a headline view of, of this, even if you read the article, a headline view, because you have to do the research of not only who wrote the article, but who's behind the website, who's behind the publications of the website, and, and do your whole research and follow the trail. Because if you don't follow the trail, you're not going to find legitimate uh, sources. And right. those legitimate sources are out there. Right. And, um, and you have to watch for the parody. There's so many parody sites or so many uh, oh, yeah, like yeah. onion type. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah. You get you get some of those where you go, Oh my god. And and, and I post those things and sometimes I won't know uh, that yeah. it's a parody or sometimes it I won't know. It gets me sometimes true. too, man. Yeah. Well I post them I post them just with the headline to see if other people I was like, I don't know, is this a parody? I said it almost seems like it's a parody, but I don't know the actual site. Usually if you go to well there's there's a good web uh, article out there that lists a lot of those sites, but if mm -hmm. you go to the bottom of the site, if, if you're reading an article and it really seems like outlandish, like you're like, man, I can't believe I really can't believe this happened. Then <laughs> if you go to the bottom and you you research the site far enough, go to about us. Usually if you go to about the you know the about tab at the bottom, Usually you'll you'll get the answers that way. At least yeah, that's what I've learned. Sometimes uh, it, it depends on how it was shared. You know how this is, in my articles, for example, if when when I, I I get something that's uh, posted, sometimes I'll end up on twenty, thirty different uh, websites out there, and and it kind of teaches me 
about okay, well, where did these guys come from? You know, how did these guys find my stuff? And well, they can be little like me because I I reshare articles that I see sometimes. You know, like I'll copy paste them. Well, these guys take them, they copy them, they put them on their own blogs, they put them on their own websites. They uh, and they're basically re uh, you know re you know rebroadcasting them to their networks. And I love that. I mean, I, I love the fact... Well, as long as they're giving the credit where it's due. That's the only important thing. Like, they better yeah, be putting yeah. you in there. I mean, not that you need it, but that's no, just a proper no. way to do it as, as somebody who does that myself. Yeah, that's nice. But, I mean, I, I look at it more as though it's, a, it's, it's good that people are taking the time to, you know, look into things and share them. And but whatever way they do them is, is good for me. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic that, uh, that we see... Uh, a broader underground network that you know has the opportunity. I mean that Pakistan defense um, uh, you know page. I'd never heard of it, you know, before this guy contacted me out of the blue on Twitter because he'd seen some of my other my other uh, things that I'd done uh, through. You know, have you done an interview with him, or has he asked for an interview with you yet? I did. I did a. I did an interview with him and a really well respected guy out of Pakistan. Uh, for uh, talking about proxy wars, uh, the history of them. Uh, the next one we're going to do is about false flags. So he does is like a little. He does like a little uh, expose, about a 20, 20 minute expose, and he uh, he takes the interview and then he cuts it up any way he wants and pieces it together. Which I told him, I say, hey, anything I say, cut it up. You know, just don't uh, you know, don't misrepresent what I say. Right, don't if, don't make me say something I really didn't say. Yeah, and there, and I'll tell you what I found. That that people like they're they're more like you and I where you know they're 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 going out of their way trying to be legitimate, so I, I I really like it. I like to see you know guys. I'm not trying to fool anybody. Right. Hey, if somebody if somebody comes up, you know, there was a guy I met, uh, Steve uh, Bassett. Uh, he's uh, part of name. this. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's into the paranormal. He was part of that. Oh, that, oh I, yeah, I, okay. He was part of the uh, um, the twenty eight page research. I went into the. Oh, press we didn't. Box. Yeah, we didn't even get into that. Get into that. Yeah. Why don't we do this? Let's do this. I I, I need a bathroom break and I need sure. to refill my beer. Um, nice. Why don't you do the same? And let's take about eight minutes here, and then we'll go to the end of the uh, end of the show and wrap it up together. Perfect, man. Thanks. All right, excellent. Sit by, uh, guys. You're listening to the first fifty two. I got uh, Scott Record here. Uh, if you don't know who he is, then I don't know where you've been. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to take a little break, uh, take a pee break, uh, get some drinks, make sure we get everything together. We'll be back with you in about eight minutes. Uh, you're listening to the first 52, RazRadioLive.com, RadioFreeBlood.com. Uh, just sit back. Enjoy it. we got more. We all live in different realities. There's no doubt about that. They're trying to form a one unified reality, but as we start to look towards what we're trying to actually get to, and that is liberty, freedom, justice for all, um, which is a global cry, we are now knowing it within from all the internet realms that this is a global cry. It doesn't matter if you're in the Netherlands, in Africa, in uh, Peru, or wherever, we're all saying the same thing all over the globe. All over the globe. And so you can't reject anything that comes your way. The universe is trying to speak to you and give you what you need, but you're rejecting it because you think you know what you deserve and what you need, which has all been conditioned and programmed by our culture creators, such as Walt Disney, Monsanto, and everyone else. 
So the answer to our problem is actually invisible, and it is called synchronicity. But it's an answer that no one can show you. No one can show you. And so now we're asking humanity to have faith in humanity when the Dark Brotherhood is making it so impossible to do so. Because we think all of this is our fault. Because we think all of this is our fault. Because we think all of this is our fault. So we need to find that faith in humanity. Because listen to all these people that have come out here. Every single one of them. A loving, caring, nurturing being that just wants to uplift humanity. Well, that's the majority. Well, that's the majority. Well, that's the majority. Television's telling you the total opposite. Fear those people in a van. Fear, don't go outside. You know, you don't want to be meeting around with people. And that's exactly what you should be doing. And that's exactly what you should be doing. And that's exactly what you should be doing. Synchronicities will start to unfold, and then you'll actually believe in miracles. Anything that comes your way, go with it and, and do it to your fullest. You know, that's my message to the world because it'll guide you to your soul's purpose. And if you let your light shine, you know, to your fullest when something comes your way, then it'll magnify and become even more than you ever anticipated. And the best thing is, is that everything's better than you could have ever dreamed it. Everything's better than you could have ever dreamed it. Everything's better than you could have ever And I know that's a, a hard message to sell when the BP oil spill, with the uh, volcanoes, with the corruption, with everything that's going down, the police state, you know, all of it. It's hard to tell people to regain their faith in humanity, to forgive the anger that you have for these people that have, have trespassed on you and to just start seeking the new existence. But we have to. That's what we have to do. We're the voice now. We're the voice now. We're the voice now. It's actually the, the very definition of terrorism. They're trying to kill people for a political agenda. It's just, you know, a nicety. So, uh, yeah, just keep in mind, guys, that the news agencies are not there to tell you the truth. They're there to tell you what they're told to tell you. You're still stuck to the American dollar, and you're still stuck to American laws. So, I still want to have the freedom to go where I want to go if I need to go. Uh, I think that's the most important thing in my mind, at least. And this goes along... If this is going to be another cum, cum trail... I've got lesbians and he's got cum trail. <laughs> okay, why don't you just move along? Animals get in the way when you're doing a radio what show. What I think is gonna, they're going to have to redirect the American's mindset. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been even more fun. Yeah, that would have been a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I want you all to keep your eyes open and your ears open on what's going on. It's the first 52. I just wanted to take the time, take the time, write this to you myself because I think you get a bum rap.
just because we called for help and you came an hour later maybe you was extra busy stopping criminal acts some even said you pull people over because they black all of y'all do a great job keeping your scope on us and i refuse to believe you would plant some dope on us they had to be wrong if you busted in their residence they even lied and said you created fictional evidence i gotta command how you handle situations shot a youngster beat his mama and got a paid vacation i know it's hard being you so why would they question in everything you do we know it's all for our protection passing through our neighborhood spying at night some consider it harassment and denying our rights you had to have a good reason for attempting to hurt us because i know that y'all would never ever do it on purpose Dear Mr. Policeman, why is everybody tripping? I just don't understand. I know you out here in the streets doing the best that you can. If I could meet you face to face, I would shake your hand. Dear Mr. Policeman, why is everybody tripping? I just don't understand. I know you out here in the streets doing the best that you can. If I could meet you face to face, I would shake your hand. Dear Mr. Policeman, them tickets you wrote for me costed over a grand. Didn't think that I was speeding, but you got me because. And since I know you wouldn't tell a lie, I guess that I was. Kind of struggling, so to not pay them is threatening my freedom. Thanks for showing up to court to make sure I didn't beat them. And we don't make it easy when we see y'all coming. Instead of just letting you beat us, we be struggling and running. I know you hate it when we make you have to use that stick. Sorry. And by the way, the taser and that pepper spray did the trick. I'm still walking funny. Hope my vision kicks back in I know that I was wrong, sir I'll never jaywalk again Somebody told me you was jealous Cause that car was brand new I said the police jealous? That can never be true Maybe one day I can be as clever as you You care about us So you monitor whatever we do Dear Mr. Policeman Why is everybody tripping? I just don't understand I know you out here in the streets Doing the best that you can If I could meet you face to face I would shake your hand Mr. Policeman, why is everybody tripping? I just don't understand. I know you out here in the streets doing the best that you can. If I could meet you face to face, I would shake your hand. Pardon me, Mr. Policeman. These cuffs are cutting off the blood flow to my hands. It's amazing how you kicked that dude all in his face and beat the case, even though they had it all on tape. I know you love the people in the hood. How could you fake it? And that missing drug money, I know you didn't take it. I don't People accuse you of hate I know you only follow us to make sure that we safe I saw nine of y'all against one Beating the brainless That 65 year old woman must have really been dangerous Cleaning up the streets is your top priority You qualify for this Why would we question your authority? You only working hard following training Why the hell are the Mexicans and blacks complaining? You gotta be the closest thing I've seen to perfect And everybody that you locked up They had to deserve it, yeah Dear Mr. Policeman, why is everybody tripping? I just don't understand. I know you out here in the streets doing the best that you can. If I could meet you face to face, I would shake your hand. Dear Mr. Policeman, why is everybody tripping? I just don't understand. I know you out here in the streets doing the best that you can. If I could meet you face to face. Sometimes you gotta bleed and know that you're alive and have a soul. But it takes someone to come around But it takes someone to come around Sometimes you gotta bleed and know This is Brad Friedman for Bradblog.com You're listening to the first 52 God Only Knows Why come around But it takes someone to come around She's a terror 
All right, guys, welcome back to the first 52 on RazRadioLive.com and RadioFreeBlood.com. Uh, it is September 15th. We still have Scott Rickard with us. I mean, he's just here. He's, he's bringing us all the news, all the, all the background, all the stuff we need to know. And how can you argue with, with facts? How can you argue with what's really going on in an analysis when other people are saying the same type of thing? Uh, if you look, you can find Scott Rickard. Just just go to go to YouTube and Google his name, Scott Rickard, and you'll find him on, on RT, and you'll find him on, uh, um, what's that other big one, uh, Scott? Press TV. Uh, and then there's, uh, isn't there one other one you work with every once in a while? Well, I've done El Ejdaha, but I think that that's actually a CIA um, Iraqi television network out of Beirut, to be honest with you. It's interesting. Can I, can I actually tell you a funny story real fast? And don't scare my wife when you meet her. But okay. She, she's, like, really nervous about meeting you. Oh, no. Well, you got the, the intelligence background and the Air Force background and the NSA connection. My own my own intelligence friends are, are afraid of seeing me, too, so don't, don't <laughs> she, I'll just tell her to get in line. <laughs> That's too funny because we we talked about it. You know, it's not like it's a big deal. But she's like, you know, it's kind of nervous because you know we have fun, you know, and <laughs> yeah. so, but just let's just say that that uh, that you might want it's an open air uh, pool environment. Just look up for drones. <laughs> <laughs> they might be watching us this weekend. We, you know, we always say that though because you know you got me and and uh, my father in law won't be there this year, but he's like really into what I talk about. A lot of the guys that come, Scott Ledger was there. I don't know. If you've ever, ever uh, interviewed with him or not, uh, but I haven't. No, the name sounds familiar, though. A good guy. Jack Jack used to do a segment with him back when he was on uh, Radio IO. Mm. Uh, but he was there, and like a lot of us like-minded type guys were there. Frank Castle. I don't know if you've ever come across him. He's a rapper out of New York, but he he's really into the Truth Movement and stuff like that. Mm. Connected with like Jordan Page and uh, oh, wow. uh, uh, Rebel Inc. and all those guys. So it, it, it's really. When we go to this event, we, it's always something we talk about. Now, we're not live broadcasting this year. The other two years that we've done it, we actually did live shows the whole weekend. Oh, nice. Now, this year, we, we decided we didn't want to do that because it's a lot of work, man. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's yeah. you got to bring the Because I bring my little studio here that I have and set it all up. And you have the Internet and, and just to do the broadcast and keep everybody. Because it's my equipment, so i got to teach everybody. And it's just... It becomes like a long weekend, <laughs> yeah, and, those, and and spilling a beer on that, I can see it from here. That's that's a big mistake. That's happened, believe it or I'm not. Sure that it it, it, fair. <laughs> well, uh, remind me when you see the guy that looks like Uncle Fester. Yes, w- this weekend because you're you're going to be meeting with us for Razfest. Remind me to tell you the story of this exact board that you can see in the in the video. Mm-hmm. Having a beer spilled into it in the middle of broadcast at oh, like twelve God. o'clock at night, the first Razfest. Well, Same board you're still not practicing works. Practicing any safe radio? <laughs> no, we try not to. Actually, <laughs> I'll give you some stories in person. I don't want to get into the disgustingness of last Razfest, <laughs> but I'll, I'll give you a story that happened, and you'll really enjoy. So what it. you're telling me is that there will be nudity. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's not always nudity you want to see. Trust me, <laughs> that does happen. <laughs> any regular listeners know exactly what I'm talking about. But anyway, let's not get too retarded because we'll do we'll save that for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Okay. Um, so 
uh, we, we've done a lot of covering on Syria, and uh, we, we know that Syria and Russia are close. Russia and Iran are close, uh, and they're all now, close with I mean, China. Russia and Iran haven't always been close. So, uh, then explain that to me. Open, uh, so, so you have to remember that uh, Iran used to be a, a really pretty much a British colony. I mean, to be honest with you, right? You had mentioned and, that and, in the last segment, uh, right? And the uh, and the Russians uh, actually were um, not as pro-Iranian as they are now uh, because they were they saw them as competitors, especially in the petroleum industry. Well, they were anti-British. Well, uh, well, and they 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 were, but uh, but at the same time, that didn't make them automatically uh, uh, friendly to the Russians. Uh, so were the Chinese; uh, they were anti-British as well after 400 years of the heroin wars. So uh, I mean, so uh, and the and the Russians weren't open armed with them until now. So you know, because of BRICS and because of the you know the uh, the. The, the real realization that other nations had. You know, anytime they go to war, they'd be up against these uh, uh, these Europeans and the whole NATO model. And the whole NATO model obviously was much more powerful than uh, you know. It's like that that Aesop fable, bundle of sticks. You know, you work together, you're a, mot- you're a lot more powerful. So the adversaries uh, uh, to the British Empire that the Americans inherited uh, um, have decided that they're going to uh, you know work together. In order to uh, be a, a more, um, I guess, uh, sustainable and uh, um, and uh, not so easily uh, pushed around partner. Uh, obviously, Russia's been pushed around quite a bit in the last century. Well, yeah, we've uh, actually decimated their country a couple of times, and uh, and certainly uh, the century before uh, we were helping out the British as well in the Crimean War. So, is there a reason in, in the in the in the conspiracy world, as as the way I look at things, okay, is there a reason that the Russians have been put on that roller coaster of a of a ride? They have been through oh, a lot over the past hundred years, hundred and fifty years. Actually, it's a it's a five hundred year old problem. the The Swedes and the Russians and the uh, and the Brits have been enemies for quite some time. The Swedes and the Brits have been allied for five hundred years. Uh, it's actually one of the longest standing Western allies. Uh, and uh, uh, obviously, the Swedes have been uh, um, just tremendous enemies of the Russians for that entire time. Uh, but they've acted more like Switzerland because they realized on their doorstep they've uh, got to be they got to you know walk very softly and uh, uh, hide their big stick. So uh, that's what they've been doing, and uh, and they're very good at it. Uh, their their big stick has actually been the British Empire, and now it's the uh, the American Empire. We are acting as the conquistadors, uh, you know, for these. Uh, these long-standing empires that uh, that need people to go out and you know basically uh, um, uh, beat the living hell out of another country to get uh, get what we want out of it. So uh, you know it's 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 not anything new. It's just it's not presented like that when we're growing up. You know I I, say, I might have said this before on your show. We're raised by the Encyclopedia Britannica. Right, not the Encyclopedia Americanica, or not the Encyclopedia Can- Canadian Canica. You know, I mean, we're we're raised by the British history, and you said it early in the show. You know, those who win the war write the history. Right, and, exactly. And what we learned wasn't was had absolutely no bearing on the truth of what actually happened, but it's what we learned and what we all believed was true. Think of it this way. Go back to World War II, right? Now, sure. let, let's just say, God forbid, let's just say Hitler had won, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's do. Would the history books reflect uh, Prescott Bush's support uh, for him and 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 those things like that? 
Well, let's let's say it a different way. Rather than saying, I mean, I'm not a Hitler guy. I could, I, you know, I could really, yeah, you know, any of the. Well, I'm not supporting of the, of him. This, yeah, know. I'm not. But I'm I'm not saying you did. I'm saying I'm I'm actually going to say something that might even be considered more supportive. But let's just say let's just say something along the lines of. This guy understood that the British Empire was had encroached on his country, had encroached on the Russians, had encroached, and he was speaking to the people like you and I are speaking to the people. Right. Uh, you know, we're we're saying, hey, look, careful. There are things happening. You know, he says these guys are occupying the French and the British have you know created this you know the uh, um, uh, the Sykes Pico. You know, they've taken over the Middle East. They're occupying countries uh, throughout the Middle East. You know these. These are the people that are acting like the imperialists. It's not us. They're painting us to be the bad guys in their in their media, but we're not actually the bad guys. We're actually being embargoed. We're being sanctioned. We're being, you know, our banks are being shut down. The people that run our banks are carpetbagging and taking the wealth out of the country. You know, there were things happening, you know, prior to World War II that he actually said that were absolutely true. Now... Did things go out of hand, and did did did, uh, did he take out uh, his uh, aggressions on individuals uh, uh, in ways that um, were never seen before? Yes, but are the Americans doing that now? Even more so. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it was because the advancements. I, I'll tell you a funny story about a, uh, um, a a professor I had in college. He was a he was a uh, Czechoslovakian officer in the uh, in the in the World War Two, and his. His uh, commander said, well, you take that cannon to the top of the hill and you defend that hill with your life. And so he said, I put the saddle on my donkey and I, and I, and I hooked my donkey up to the, uh, to the cannon and I dragged it to the top of the hill. And by the time I got there, all these mechanized vehicles were coming up the hill at me. And he says, all I, all I had time to do was put my hands in the air and say, I, I surrender. <laughs> I mean, it was like, what was I going to do with my donkey and my, and my, you know, hand loaded cannon? I was like, I was like, there was no way. And so, so, when you have that superior technology, you know, and and obviously, you know, that superior technology uh, gave Hitler a uh, an advantage in many portions of that war. Uh, and then, you know, there's there's ego, there's uh, desperation, there's all the things that he was dealing. There's revenge. You know, obviously, he took a revenge against the Zionists. The Zionists were like carpetbaggers in uh, uh, in Germany uh, post World War One. You know, so there were. There were uh, a lot of uh, um, uh, individuals who were very supportive of the Zionist uh, um, uh, method, uh, methodologies of politics at the time, or the Zionist ideology. That you know, they were Molotov cocktailing and, and assassinating his generals. You know, so so there were there were points at which he was, uh, I won't say justified, but he was reactionary to the uh, um, to the uh, efforts. Of the Zionists, and some of the Zionists happened to be Jewish, but well, obviously he was, he was there, being were, there were Zionists as well. He was being antagonized in order to create what they wanted to have happen. Well, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think know they, they were lost that control calculated. I don't know if they were that calculated. But my point is, is that you know, you poke a tiger in the eye enough times, he's going to bite you in the hand, right? And, well, of and, course. And and so at the end of the day, you had a leader of a country who had been uh, obviously, um, you know, uh, very anti-British uh, um, Empire. Uh, and the British had us on their side the whole time. You know, they've had us in their pockets since the 1850s, and uh, and sadly, uh, you know, we've we've never 
you know, we've never, oh, actually once we've waned from the British Empire. And that was on Libya in 1969 when uh, Nixon actually stood up to the British Empire and said, you're not going to overthrow Gaddafi. We're going to let him go. Well, I thought, I thought you were going to say the only time was 1776 when we actually tried. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would be the only time I might say we, we yeah. waned from well, the okay. British Empire. <laughs> Theoretically, you're probably more correct than I am. <laughs> but, you know, you got to think that way sometimes. Something I had written down when we were talking before, Scott, and I wanted to make sure I, I brought up and, and discussed with you. Uh, and I just watched a movie recently. We all know, or at least I don't want to say we all know, but I believe that a lot of movies, uh, a lot of TV is is directed at trying to tell tell us what's going on because the elite have their religion and they got to say you know they got to inform us even though they're not really informing us. They're telling us, but they're not really telling us. Type thing that makes sense. Not yet, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Well, the way I see it is the 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 elite that control the the world as it is mm-hmm. in their religion, um, they can't do evil without telling you they're doing evil. But they don't have to directly tell you they're doing evil. So they may tell you in a movie. They Some may, of that David Icky shit. A, a little bit, <laughs> uh, kind of. David Icky, yeah, no, I, I mean, kind of. So, so give me an example. I apologize. Oh, I'll give you. A, I'll give you a real example. Did you ever see um, the Lone Gunman's pilot episode where they had hi- uh, hijacked a plane remotely and they were flying it into the Twin Towers? This was mm-hmm. six months before nine eleven. Mm. I've heard a bit. I've, I've heard that story actually. I, I, I haven't seen the the actual uh, movie, but yes, it's not even a movie. It's a TV pilot. It actually aired. It, you you can Google it. You can watch the the clip of the actual attack part of it, and uh, they are flying the plane into the twin towers. So you have so you have a uh, um, a sort of a, a belief or or a potential uh, um, uh, potentiality that. They want to share the information ahead of time to to sort of make it make it. Uh, um, it's kind of okay like, it's, for them to, to to do what they want to do. Right. It's kind of like cleansing their soul. It's 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 uh, it's kind of like going into confession. It it allows them to be able to do these evil acts. So they're absolutely Catholics. Well, no, they, no, they're actually. It's a whole different religion. It's a Zionistic type religion. I mean, it, like you said, they're, they're Zionist Jews or Zionist Christians or Zionist Muslims or Zionist. Uh, I don't know if Buddhists can be Zionists or not. Can they get that evil? Well, no. So, so well, let's not talk about evil. It, it's a political movement. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I don't I don't consider e- evil and good. I think it it's like a club. You know, when when you're in a club, you know, you're, you I, I honestly. You know, you don't. I I don't believe that anybody in that club is going to be evil if I'm getting along with them, right? So okay, yeah. the point is, is that you know we're, we're we're that's a club. This is what we believe. Remember what I said earlier. The the documentary, very important documentary. It's called it's called the Lottery of Birth. I wrote I, that I, down. I, I will highly recommend this this documentary over and over and over again. It's one of the best documentaries that will exactly explain why we think the way we did. And I think it's it's important to understand that because it's true to you, it's not evil to you. You that people actually believe they're doing the right thing, and people actually believe. Even my own father will say to me, he says, "You know, I thought about a couple of things that you said, and it does make sense." But he just can't see past it because he's got that much other things in his mind that are battling against that. You know, he's he was raised in a way, and he has his own ideas, and and he has a, he has he's built he's built his own you know yellow brick road, and he's still he's still walking down that. 
you know, it's 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 just not it's that not possible to turn everybody off the road that they're on. I, I've I've come to that conclusion. I mean, it's just it's not possible. I, I and can agree because, with that. And it's, not, and it's not because they're doing something evil. It's just because that's all they know. That's that's what they learned. I can agree with that because you know I, I've got friends that are uh, you know kill all the ma- radical Muslims, but then I'm the one going. But we made them radical. It's it's our fault. They're they're thinking that way. Uh, how can we go murder them? Why can't we? Why can't we go? Wait, I'm sorry, we 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 effed up. How can we help you come back? And, and I know we can. I know that. To rationally think through, I said when I when I went to the World Affairs Council and I where I got to say my piece, I said. Put yourself in the Iranian shoes for just one minute. Be an Iranian for one minute. Right. Don't be the nationalistic. Don't be the Harvard trained guy. Don't be the West Point trained guy. Don't 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 think that every nail out there needs to be hit with a hammer a hundred times. Where we heard you that know? before, General yeah. Clark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's right. I mean, General Clark. General Clark walked into it, and and what's interesting? You know, I went to school with his daughter. I didn't know that. And I went to high school with his daughter. They were they were both uh, working. My dad and him were working at uh, Monmouth, uh, um, uh, in Monmouth at uh, um, what is that Fort Monmouth in New Jersey, actually, just up the road from you. I went to high school. I went to high school at Monmouth Regional, actually, uh, in uh, New Jersey. I was uh, just south of Fort Dix. I was about forty minutes south of Fort Dix, McGuire Air Force Base. Yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, Red Bank, Long Branch, uh, Asbury Park. I used to used to go in through the cook's uh, kitchen at uh, 16, 17 years old, watch uh, Bruce Springsteen play. When I was a sea cadet, because I, I did the Navy Sea Cadets, I was in Lakehurst. That's where my unit was, right there in Lakehurst. And uh, that was amazing. I, I mean, that's, that's, that's part of another thing that I try to ex- express to people when we get in these, these 9-11 debates or these, these uh, conversations of what I believe and how I feel is, listen... At 13 years old, I was a United States Navy Sea Cadet. I had trained in the military from 13 years old until 18, and then I left it for a little bit, and then I joined the Army at 23. Mm. You know, so it's not like it's not like I'm some crazy guy that's always been a conspiracy theorist and hated my government all my life. You know, no, I loved my government. I always I, I, I worshipped my government, and then I got insulted and brought down by it and realized that, it, it's not what I believed it was. Well, I mean, you know, the thing is, is that I was the same way. I mean, I was a military kid, military. Um, my dad was military. I was military. I got the opportunity to learn a couple of languages. I went to go work for the intelligence community, came down to work for uh, NASA. And, and it took me probably into my 30s. You know, once, even after I saw in the 80s, when uh, Ali North was you know, lying through his teeth about Iran Contra cocaine, I mean, you know, they don't call it Iran Contra cocaine, but I do. <laughs> I right. mean, you know, th- these these guys were making money hand over fist. They were doing talk things. The, that, it's, talk the freeway, Ricky Ross, about that. Yeah, well, and and you know, the church, uh, um, uh, Senator Church. You know, that's why we have the FISA course is because of Senator Church. He saw in the seventies that the um, the CIA was out of control. And he's like, look, we need to put, like, a special commission together. But sadly, 13 out of 14 of the judges in the fighters court right now have been appointed by the Republicans. You know, so, I, you know how I would love to interview about this? I would love to interview Gary Webb about all this. Oh, he'd be a great guy because he, he probably knows this stuff. But you know what? They killed him. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, what, which which Gary Webb am I thinking about? I'm thinking. Oh, you're you're talking about the one. What's the guy? Um, uh, he he teaches classes and stuff. He was like part of the um the the uh, um. It wasn't Gary Webb. I know who you're talking about. Gary yeah. Webb. I, I mixed him up. I was being a dick. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. No, no. Um, the guy that I'm thinking of. Um, he's he was part of the um, Ron Paul campaign, and he's oh. a really good spokesman. And he teaches classes online. Um, and I, when you said Gary Webb, that's who came to mind for me. Um, no, I know. I, I know who you're thinking about. It's not. It's. It's, it's not it's, Gary Webb. No, yeah, I know who you're thinking of. I, I yeah, can't. Gary Webb was definitely killed. He was trying to blow the whistle on the drug trade. God forbid, nobody died. No, not nobody connected the Clintons at all could 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 possibly die. I, you know, that's an odd thing. You know, the Clintons, and you know what's also odd? I've I've seen some documentaries on it, and the pieces do fit. Uh, when they when they built that Branson, Missouri, have you heard that story? No, I, I don't think I've heard, I've heard the the Arizona train death story. So uh, Branson, Mesa. Missouri, apparently was built because the guys in Nashville, because you know we're talking about Bible Belt, Tennessee. The guys in Nashville were a little upset of all that uh, um, all that powder being shipped up to the uh, the country and western scene. Right. So they they figured they could get away with uh, it. Rednecks on coke is really bad. Yeah, I gotta say. Yeah, <laughs> really. Well, bad. not just that. Not just that. It's just you know these are these are these are people that that, that realize that they didn't want crack in uh, Tennessee, and uh, and it was a uh, and it was a good move. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I, I honestly Tennessee is were you as thinking close, that, were you thinking Tennessee of Tom is Woods? as close as the Americans could get to Geneva? Scott, were you thinking of Tom Woods earlier? Tom Woods, thank you. Yeah, hey, one of the guys awesome. in the uh, uh, outclass there in the chat room posted oh, that up. Hey, thank you very much, chat room. That, awesome. They, they totally read my mind. It is Tom Woods. Sorry, I was thinking about this when you said Gary Webb. And <laughs> Gary Webb, I know exactly who he is, and I, I, that was a huge uh, leap of, uh, uh, of imagination. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that happens. So go ahead, continue. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted to make sure we got that clear, too. Well, I mean, so, so look at, I mean, Tennessee is as close as we can get to Switzerland in this country. I mean, for God's sakes. I mean, <laughs> It's, so we have a you know a country that a, a state that has tried to maintain sovereignty between the north and the south has has tried to hold on to its Bible Belt roots uh, during the uh, the cocaine crisis of the uh, CIA uh, and uh, um, you know it and and yet you know it's funny I was having lunch with a bunch of uh, CIA guys uh, um, at that uh, conference I was at last now week. Now you see my why my wife is nervous, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, those guys were nervous having lunch with me too. <laughs> they were like, "Who is this loudmouth guy, and why do people know him?" <laughs> he's, on our, he's on Russia Today all the time. And, that's and, why. And the, you know, it's so funny. You should say that the guy across the table from me says, "I know who you are. I've seen you on Russia Today." I said, "Good, you're doing your job." <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. <laughs> yeah, so I interjected myself. I actually had to create a website. Um, I called it cyberassurance.us um, because I had I didn't want to pay the seven hundred and fifty dollars as a uh, uh, an attendee of this conference. So I could I could fake that I was a government employee by setting up a, a U, dot .us website. Jeez, <laughs> it's that easy to fake so, being a government so, yeah, employee. So, so here I am, you know, going to an intelligence summit that James Clapper and all the directors from all the CIA, FBI, uh, the uh, um, the NRO, the NGA, everybody was there. I mean, this was probably the most well attended uh, intelligence summit. <laughs> And I've lied on my application to get there, I've, so I could only so I could get away with going there for, on a fifty dollar charge instead of a seven hundred fifty dollar charge. But you did have a security clearance at one point in time, probably higher than some of those guys you were mingling with. I doubt it, but there was a lot of TSSCI guys in the room. But I mean, at the end of the day, I'll never get it back. Well, that's true. <laughs> 
Wow. No, my friends, my friends all tell me that. That's for sure. You'll never get your security clearance back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I doubt it. The way you've been speaking, no, I doubt it. Well, no. how long's it been since you've been out? Like, when did you? And I know well, we've I, talked about this before, but I just need a refresher. I left in '89 and I uh, came here uh, uh, to Florida, and I was working at Patrick Air Force Base. I had a secret clearance, but it was just so that I wouldn't, you know, steal the toner. But. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> The amount of money to make sure you don't steal the toner. Because imagine yeah. if corporate America did that, they, there'd be no corporate America. Yeah, that was more of a joke. But I mean, yeah, I had pretty good access to stuff. But yeah, I was I was configuring all the uh, the network infrastructure for uh, uh, Kennedy Space Center and uh, well, not, not Kennedy Space Center, mostly uh, uh, Cape Canaveral and Patrick Air Force Base. I actually hooked up the J Stars program to the internet. J Stars is the uh, they they took an old uh, KC one thirty five and and converted it to a uh, um, a battlefield management platform at Northrop Grumman and what it does is it uh, it basically sits about you know four or five hundred miles outside a theater and it can direct all kinds of uh, battlefield management uh, uh, ground control it can see people moving you know with uh, um, metallic and heat sensor type capabilities right. and it's a really interesting platform uh, they can actually drop semi smart bombs and direct them in basically like uh, I don't know if you ever played missile command but it, you know, kind of like a game like Missile Command. Yep, you know, yep. that's as close as I can get. You, you know, got to like put the little dot, and then you yeah, like, you like say, "I want you to go here. <laughs> I want you to go there." And they can direct like hundreds of uh, you know. That, so you, you can send in an FB one eleven or a B fifty two with these semi smart bombs, and these guys guide them all in on targets that they identify. One last thing I want to touch because we're going to wrap this up here in a moment, and I appreciate yeah. all your time tonight. Oh, um, awesome. Have, I can do again. I can't wait to you know shake your hand. I'm bringing two kegs. I'm bringing a keg of Cigar City and I'm bringing a keg of Yingling. Uh, a little my, quarter my, kegs. My girlfriend's my bro- my girlfriend is bringing Jello shots. So I hope you're ready. Oh, uh, absolutely, man. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a good time. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to shaking your hand finally after what two years almost now we've been working together. Yeah, thanks for having me all this time. Appreciate yeah, it. I love, I love being on your program. I love talking to you. It's a lot of fun because we can interact and have a good time, but we can also really hit important topics that we talk about. And I, I was going to ask you one last. People that are listening aren't, aren't thinking that we're totally out of our minds. I, I, I totally want them to understand that if they got any questions, they can always get on Facebook and ask me. And uh, I'm, I'm I'm very open. Oh yeah, I, I I see that as one of the best venues we've got. Um, you open? No, no, you're not. You're a closed book. You don't yeah. share anything. <laughs> yeah, those poor guys at lunch with me at the uh, conference, they were looking at me like, what the hell is that guy doing here? <laughs> That's got to kind of feel weird. Like, I couldn't imagine being in that position. Uh, but anyway, I I wanted to ask, what the hell were we just talking about that led me into asking you, and then I, I confused myself and forgot. I thought it was either Jello shots or four kegs of beer. <laughs> Jello shots, four kegs of beer. Razfest meeting you. Um, I, I don't. I don't know, Scott. I I, I forgot whatever I was going. You, you do that every once in a while, especially in the last two I minutes of the show. The um, where can people find you? Uh, I know Facebook's there, uh, Twitter uh, at underscore Rickard. Uh, I really only pay attention Rickard. to Facebook and LinkedIn. They're the two best uh, uh, intelligence gathering resources I've found since I've left uh, the intelligence community. Highly recommend using them. Uh, they're they're putting as many restrictions as they can on us. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, it's a good way to figure out who's who. And uh, if you want to reach out, send me a message. I'll I'll respond to anybody. Yeah, and that's how we met. I mean, I heard you on uh, on Jack's show, and then I contacted you through Facebook, and that's how we got to be our friends. And beers, handshakes, many other good times coming up very I'm soon. Looking forward to it. <laughs>
It's going to be a blast, man. I appreciate your time. Uh, I will talk to you soon. Have a great night. And uh, if you've got any questions, you know how to find me. Thanks, Sean. All right, brother. You have a great evening. You too, buddy. Peace. See you on Friday. Yeah, man. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> there goes Scott Rickard, man. He's a uh, just a good guy. I've, I've enjoyed interviewing him all the times that I've got to interview him. Um, we're going to be back next Tuesday, talk a lot of stuff. Uh, I'll tell some stories from RazFest, at least the ones that I can tell, because, you, you know, you never know how it's going to go down. It, it, it tends to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. But there will be stories, I'm sure of it. All right, guys, you're listening to The First 52 on RazRadioLive.com. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you listening. Peace out. Be safe. Love y'all. Let's investigate the consequence of a bittersweet loss of sense, a weapon in a war against ourselves. The setting sun is loading guns, don't be afraid of mistakes, emotions misplaced, to love or to hate. I don't know what to do, we're all lost and confused, just trying to get through in this world, always trying to prove that we're worth what it takes, but it takes a long time in the dirt to see grace, when I'm trying to be real, they tend to be fake, when I'm risking it all. With no time to waste Fuck this rat race I'm leaving this place It's time to blast off Destination space With the sunset hung behind us And the universe to blind us From the moon we'll watch the whole world explode Moving free, unguided through the beautiful, the silent with the light show from a passing UFO, lost in the glow of the unknown. Please don't go.
so much thanks the first 52 is the bump diggity hello everybody this is lawrence ross from the lrws on razradiolive.com currently out in california blind james from radioio.com is in desperate need of a brand new kidney save a person's life on behalf of everybody on the network i encourage you to please go to gofundme.com forward slash xe6 pj38 click on that link and donate money to save a person's life donate as much as you can i think we should all donate every contribution helps I appreciate all of Raz Radio Live's help and our I.O. fans. Please give so we can give James a brand new lease on life. Cement the concrete's alive Where the bonds are formed, the rats run and hide Drama's like a cartoon that comes to life Where the express bus runs twice a night To the stadium that's packed every Monday night To the yellow cab driver that helped make your flight Where you can get what you want if the price is right And screaming fuck you's another way to be polite Just a few perks when you're in my zone This is where I'm at and this is where I'm calling home 